Happy Sabbath. I think we have a full house. We can do better than that. We, for those who are here for the first time, when I say Happy Sabbath, usually uh, the congregation comes and responds back, Happy Sabbath. So I think we can try it again. Let's go ahead. Happy Sabbath. Oh, you guys sound like a great chorus, I'll tell you. Well, for those who do not know, I was on vacation uh, from last year, so I can't say I haven't seen you all since last year. It's my first time here since last year, and I'm glad to be here. Jasmine and I are happy to be here. I'm wearing a special shirt in our culture. I had to ask Jasmine what it was, how was it called, Uh, and I think right now it's slipping my mind. What is it, babe? Okay, so it's called Aguaya Vera, all right? Uh, it's, uh, I, I'm from El Salvador, and it's a tropical area, so uh, this is the suit that they wear at times to go to church. So this is my new suit, guys. <laughs> so I'm glad to be here. Uh, we came back, uh, we, not to get you all jealous there and worked up, but uh, we spent Christmas 70-degree weather in Virginia. We had a good time. Um, and just when we were coming back, it happened that they got a snowstorm of 11 inches. So, you know, it's like we brought the winter to them. Uh, and they can have it, right? You know, it's interesting. I, I woke up today and it said negative 10. I was like, okay, it's not that bad, is it, right? It's normal here. And I see Jasmine's like, wait a minute, Jasmine, you got to change right now. She was, she was, and I think I'm trying to get her something like, like that, don't you think? So she can enjoy the weather, right? We have a high Sabbath uh, today. We have, we have a, a meal, so if you're hungry, don't worry. So that makes me think, you know, I can go up to 3 o'clock in the uh, afternoon, right? Because we have food, right? I, I won't do that to you all, all right? Um, I get hungry too. Uh, but we have baptisms. Uh, they're prepared. Uh, so it's a high Sabbath, and praise the Lord for that. If you're here for the first time, welcome, welcome. I hope that you uh, feel warm and welcome. Now, if our church members, if you see people that are not familiar to our church, go ahead after the service, say hi to them, get to know them, let them know that we want them to come back and enjoy uh, time here with us in fellowship. Because that's what the Lord calls us to do. Is he calls us to be a one family together in unity, working together helping each other and that's what we are and that's what we want to be here in this church so if you're here for the first time welcome welcome i'm glad that you are here and so uh today we're st- we'll, we'll go ahead and spend some time in the word and in jonah jonah is a very interesting story and so if you have your bibles turn to jonah jonah and the scripture reading was jonah 1 3 there you know, it's, and it might be a little difficult there, but it's always, it's one of those books that it's really hard to find towards the end of the Old Testament because it only has four chapters. And so, a uh, very small book about the story of Jonah, but very powerful story of the life of Jonah. And so, with that in mind, let's go ahead and pray. Bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for this high Sabbath that we can enjoy the fruits of your labor, Lord, when you died on the cross for us. But Father, you have a message for us this morning. Speak to our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. The book of Jonah. Jonah is the prophet that they talk about. Now, a little, bit in, a little bit about Jonah. Jonah, in verse 1, it says, chapter 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of who? Help me out with that word. I'm, I'm, what? Amatai? Weird names, right? Uh, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from who? He ran away from God. The story keeps going. It says he went, he ran from the Lord, and he headed to where? To Tarshish. He went down to, the Jop- to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After, saying the fare, after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So very on, we, we, we understand that Jonah has a mission. He has been called to, by God to do what? Now help me out here. To preach the gospel, to give these, this nation. And let me tell you, Jonah was an Israelite, all right? An Israelite. It, back in those days, the Israelite nation was God's people. They were supposed to show grace among the other nations. That's why God had chosen the people of Israelites to go and preach to the other, other nations. And Jonah was chosen by God. And here he is. Now, does he listen to God? No. He does what? He doesn't run away. But why was Jonah running away? Have you ever questioned yourself as to why he was running away? Well, it tells us in the very same book when Jonah is talking to God in chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And we're not going to go there, but go ahead. It's a four chapter. You can read the, uh, the rest of the story this evening. And he goes, and Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because he knew that God, he says it, Lord, I know that if I go, you are a God of compassion and will save them. And because of that, I don't want to go. You know, it's interesting because many times we're like Jonah. You see, Jonah didn't want to run away. I mean, sorry, he ran away from God's presence at the time when he didn't think was right for him. I see Jonah being a Christian when it benefited him. I, I, I can see that Jonah was close to God when everything that he received, all the blessings was for him. But the moment God says, go out and reach out to those that are wicked. And let me tell you, Nineveh was in a nation of the Assyrians. And the Assyrians, historians now tell us as they go and and, and find archaeological evidence of, of all these things from the past. They were a cruel and brutal nation. They were God's enemy. And so when Jonah hears about this thing that God wants to do to the Ninevites... He's not happy. But you see, God was calling him not because he could do it. Because he, did he want to do it? No. He ran from the presence of God. He was, he was really close to God when all the blessings came to him. All the blessings came to the nation. But the moment God says, step out your comfort zone, step out to where I am calling you to go, that's the moment he says, you know what, God? You can have what you can have, but I'm not going to go ahead and do that. He ran from the presence of God. 
So, why was he running away? So, why does God choose Jonah if he knows that Jonah will not obey? Because God had a lesson for Jonah. You see, Christianity is not based on just for us. See, Jonah had his life with God just to benefit him. And the moment God says, you need to tell others about what I have done with, how did Jonah know that God was compassionate, that God was merciful, that God could forgive? Because he himself had experienced it in himself and in his nation. And now God is saying, go tell others about what I'm doing in your life and what I'm doing in your nation. But that's the moment he says, I don't like these people because they don't treat my people right. But you see, God doesn't just see the Israelite nations. God doesn't just bless you. He wants to bless others, and he wants to use you to bless those that are lost. But Jonah ran away. He ran away because he didn't like the message. He he ran away because he knew that God would forgive him. He ran away because he had missed the point of being a Christian. He had missed the point of being a son and daughter of God. So why would, jo- why would God choose Jonah today? God's, God wants to tell us the reason why. And so God wants to teach Jonah an important lesson in his journey, in his Christian walk. And so what has you running from God's presence? This is a question for you, maybe not to answer for me. You see, in Matthew 28, it's what? We know it, maybe. It's in the last verses, what is it? The Great Commission. You see, the, that commission wasn't just for the disciples. It's everyone who believes is a son and daughter of what? Of God. But the moment God says, go out and reach out those people, we start running away from God. We're happy to be blessed by God. We're happy to be helped by God in the troubled times and the the difficult circumstances. And God is happy to help us. But he doesn't want to just help us so we can be in our little bubble. He wants us to go and tell others. But the moment he tells us, we run away from his presence. Pastor, I don't know how to give Bible study. That's okay. This church will start doing training soon. Pastor, but I I don't know what to say. The Lord will give you the words. But pastor, I don't even know what my gifts are. Have you asked God for your spiritual gifts? But, 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 But I don't have talents. Stop right now. Because the Lord in his scripture says that all of us have been giving a little bit of faith have been giving us, we have talents, we have gifts. Why have you been running away from the presence of God? Jonah ran away because he knew who his God was and he didn't like people. You might be sitting here and let me tell you, sometimes people can be difficult, can't they? Right? People, people can, can, can get annoying. But why is it that you're running away from the Lord? Is it because maybe you have hurt from the past of a leader? Maybe a 
former pastor have hurt you. Let me tell you, that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants you to run as far as you can. So you don't experience the transformation power of his love and grace in your life. Why are you running? Why are you running? The, the story of Jonah, he had a call. And God takes him through. And in chapter 4, well, actually we'll get there. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't that what I said, Lord? When I was still at home, that is what I was trying to, uh, when I was still at home, that it was what, sorry, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah still had not learned the lesson. He is in the presence of the Lord now. Because let me tell you, you could be running away from the presence of the Lord, but God will catch up with you. And so he's there, he's, he's conversing with God, he's dialoguing with God. Jonah now is spending time with God. And God is dialoguing with him. He's giving his excuses, and this morning you might, have, you might have things in your mind that you don't know how to do it. As I mentioned earlier, you probably don't like people, and you've had a bad experience. You've tried, and nothing has come to fruition. So you may be discouraged, and, and maybe you like sin, or maybe you have a habit that's taking you away from God because you may feel like there's guilt in your heart, there is shame. Uh, let me tell you that God's grace is sufficient for you this morning. But he chose Jonah and he chooses all of us. Despite our imperfections, despite what we think and how we are and, who, and what we've done, he chooses us because he wants to teach us the same lesson that he taught Jonah. And that lesson was to stay in the presence of God. The story goes. He's mad, but he chooses to obey God finally. He goes, he preaches, and just like he taught, he taught what, hap- what would happen, it happened. But towards the end of the message, towards the end of the book, you'll find out that Jonah learned a lesson. That if you stayed in the presence of God, you will learn to love others like God loves them. Have you been in the presence of God enough? And I believe many times we don't reach out to others. We don't tell others about God or what he is doing in our life because we neglect to spend time in the presence of God. 
God was able to change our heart so that way if we have an enemy or we have someone that we do not like, God is able to change our heart so that way we can learn to love that person who has wronged us and maybe never get a forgiveness from them. God is able to change our heart to give, to take that fear into courage, to take that hopelessness into hope when we spend time in the presence of God. It's not when it benefits us. It's when God calls us to do something, that we spend time in the presence of God. And I want to give you a contrast here. Uh, Exodus chapter 31, and with this I'm finishing. Chapter 31 of Exodus. Here is a man who at first, when he is being called by God, he's making all these excuses. But here we, we, see, we have a man that's totally different. He has learned to spend time in the presence of God. And now, no matter if it seems illogical, he will listen to God and he will dialogue with God. And he, look what happens when you spend time in the presence of God. Here's an example. Exodus 31. We're talking about Moses. Sorry, 33. Jump to 33. God has promised Moses and the nation that he will go before them. Brothers and sisters, God always goes before us. We have nothing to fear for the future. We have nothing to fear for the present. We have nothing to fear from the past because he is in control of it all. He had told the, 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 the Israelites, I will go before you. I will, pro- I, I, I will give you food. I will provide for you every step of the way. I will conquer all these nations so you can get to the promised land. I promise. But the nation had not spent enough time in the presence of God. Only one person did, which was Moses. He constantly spent time in the presence of God. This nation was always whining. This nation was always going against God. He was, they were always complaining, and God, for a moment, was fed up. At least that's what the story tells you. And then he goes and he enters into dialogue with Moses, and Moses tells, and they're dialoguing, and, Moses, and God says to Moses, I am not going with this nation. I promise that I will go with you. And that's where we, we pick up the story. And verse 15, uh, let's see, actually verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know who you will send me. He's asking, I've been told before in the past, that you're going to send someone so, to help me. Let me tell you that someone was Jesus Christ. And so he's dialoguing. He's saying, when are you going to send me the Savior? You, you have said, I know you. You, send me, uh, you. you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And so the Lord replied, what does he say? My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. But check this out. God had promised this to Moses and the nation, but now God is shifting it, and he's saying, my presence will only go with who? With you. 
But you see, Moses had spent too, many, too, too much time in the presence of God that he learned the heart of God. He'd, and look what his response is. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with who? Us. He says, I know, God, you're going to come with me. I know that your presence is going to be with me. But I know your heart, Lord. I know that you're a love, you're agape, you're an unconditional God who no matter what we have done, you will forgive. And so if I am going by myself, I don't want to go. I want all of us to be in your presence. When we know the heart of God, we start interceding for those in need. Moses had learned a great lesson. And he was saying to God, God, I know you're going with me, but I don't want to go by myself. If you do not go with us, then I'm not going with you. How is your heart this morning? Is your heart one in love with God so bad that you need to tell someone else? Or have you been running away from the presence of God, fearing, doubting, discouraged? I'm here to tell you to stop running. Stop running. We have two people giving their lives to God this morning. They stop running today. They're going to have this new beginning, this, this new beginning where, you, where they become children of God, living in the presence of God. But to live in the presence of God is not just today, it's an everyday thing. And so if you've been running away because you, you keep making excuses and perhaps you do not know the heart of God yet and you do not even know how much your worth is, let me tell you that God is calling you to experience what he wants you to experience and that is to enjoy the joy of salvation. I'm going to tell you a story. Her name, I hope there's no one here. I, I usually don't say names, um, re- real names here. Let's call her, oh boy, Ruth. I hope we don't have a Ruth here. She was an 80-year-old lady who was spending in the presence of God, who, who lived her life, I mean, faithful goer, Christian. I mean, she loved the Lord. A new pastor came in. Pastor said, we're going to do evangelism. Every, the whole church said, no, pastor, evangelism doesn't work. We, we've tried to reach out the community. Never do we get anyone to come to church or even be baptized. The, the, the pastor said, I know who has called me. I know who's with me, and I know who's before me. We're going to do it. Everyone, and of course, he said that being scared too because he went, he tells a story. He went back and said, Lord, I just did something. You better show up for me here, right? And so he goes and he starts to pray. He, he does all the pre-work. He, he, he tries to reach out to the community. He, 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 he does pamphlets. I mean, he does all the things that you need to do before an evangelistic meeting happens at a church. No one's supporting him. But here's Ruth, an 80-year-old. 
she had bought the vision of the pastor. She loved the Lord. She was spending time in the presence so, so she could not keep quiet of what God was doing in her life, what, had, what God had done all her life these past 80 years, and now she's wanting to tell others. And Ruth has a lot of friends, you know. Usually, you know, I, I don't understand this. Uh, you know, I, maybe my generation's that way, and the older generation's better at it. My grandma is about 80 also, and, and you know, and I, I come from Maryland, and, and when we go and get into the metro, I mean, you, she's sitting next to someone, and, and she's just talking and talking and talking. I'm like, Grandma, do you know her or him? No, I just met them. I was like, you know. So, so this is a type of lady, Ruth. She's always yapping and telling others about Jesus because she, she needs to tell others about the goodness of God, about what God can do in your life. And so she finds this lady. At first, she's maybe like Jonah. Lord, her? The talk of town, the one that everyone's talking about, that she's sleeping with all these men. I mean, the, 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 the laugh of town, her? And she feels impressed to talk to her, a 25-year-old lady, a young lady. Okay, Lord. I'm going to tell her about these meetings. I'm going to tell her what you have done in my life and what you can do in her life. I want her to be in your presence so she can feel and she can know what you're worth, what she was worth to you. And so she's, she's going, and, and she comes. I mean, there are 10 people in this church and 10 members. And there is Ruth, the only visitor the pastor gets ready to preach. And at first he's discouraged because there's only one. But then he's reminded Jesus even came to die for that one. And so Ruth is listening and, and, and taking it all in. And I mean, Ruth is sitting next to her thinking in her head, what are you going to do? I mean, is the gospel ever going to reach her really? I mean, to her, to Ruth was a lost case. Uh, this young lady was a lost case to Ruth. But Ruth was taking it in. At the end, she said, Pastor, I want to talk to you. Pastor was preaching on John 1.1. God is the word and the word became flesh and all those things. And, 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 and said, Pastor, can I know about God more? And so Pastor, he said, you know what? Uh, let's, let's do a Bible study right here. And, and, and in between those Bible studies, uh, the young girl, the 25-year-old girl came and, and she started to tell the story. She had been molested. She had, she had lived in, a, in a, a broken family. All these things as to why she was acting the way she was acting. And she said, Pastor, I don't want this anymore. Is this real? Is, is, is what in these words, is, is what you were preaching this, morning, this afternoon, this evening real? The pastor said, I assure you that it is real. That when you spend the time in the presence of God, your love for him and for others will abound in your heart. And the pastor challenged her. Said, I'm preaching on the book of John. Keep reading the book of John. And so that way you can get ahead and kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit work in you. She came back the next day. She said, Pastor, I couldn't read the whole book of John. I stopped in John 3. 
I believe it's John 3. It's sorry, John 4. If you don't know what John 4 is about, it's a Samaritan woman. She identified herself with that woman. You see, the Samaritan woman had slept. She had, this, this was her fifth husband going on. And, and she knew what she had been doing, how many men she had been sleeping with. And she saw what God can do when you are in his presence. And she said, Pastor, do you think I can be this woman? I said, I, I don't think I believe. You can be washed from your sins like this woman. The third day, I have to be careful here. The third day, she went around town telling everyone about God. The third day, it was 10 people in the church plus 15 more. Sorry, it was, no, sorry, it was 56 more from the community, not Christians. Brothers and sisters, when you spend time in the presence of God, you can't keep quiet. This 25-year-old who thought that she couldn't found grace in the eyes of Christ. Where are you right now? you feel like your life is not worth it or maybe you don't have the capability of telling others about Christ, let me tell you that when you are in the presence of God, God opens the doors for impossibilities in your life. God opens the power from heaven so he can transform you and renew you. And let me tell you, not all 56 visitors came that were coming, were baptized, but 15 were baptized because this woman believed what God did in her heart. He can do that with you. But you must be in the presence of God. Brothers and sisters, 2022, we have a year ahead of us. How is your walk with God? Are you running away from God at the moment when he says, you must go tell others about what I'm doing with you? Or are you staying there saying, Lord, I fear, I doubt, but help me reach that community, that friend, that loved one, that brother, that sister. Where are you in your walk? Or maybe you may be struggling, feeling guilty and ashamed because you can't. I am telling you that God is here today calling you with wide, arms wide open saying, My son, my daughter, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, I can forgive you and I will change you. But only if you spend time with me. Amanda and Matthew, if you can come up. If we can have the projector put down, today their journey starts. Today you start your journey in your, the presence of God. And let me tell you, it's one that's going to have difficulties. You can go there, Matthew, you can go there. And as you see what has taken place, may you ponder on that. You see, Ma Amanda has been studying the Bible with someone else. She's already doing what she's been called to do. She's, uh, I think it was about two or three months ago, where, Matthew, you might come here. I have to change a little. 
She said, Pastor, I have a friend who, who has been struggling like I had in the past. You see, Amanda's spending time in the presence of God. And she can't keep quiet. And so she's reaching out to this friend. And we've been studying the Bible for the past, I want to say, uh, she can correct me, three months already, studying two months in the, with the Bible with Sherry. And, and she's taking it all in. And God is working in Sherry's life, my friends. God is working. But it's only when you and I spend in the presence of God that we get to have that heart for those that are lost. And if you're not spending time in the presence of God, who are you just, just keeping Christianity to yourself? We have not been called to just keep our, 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 our blessings, what God is doing in our lives for ourselves. We are called to do to others what God is doing to us. And so I tell you today, have you been spending time in the presence of God? Has God imbued your heart with his love and his mercy? And so I'll ask uh, Rosie to come up and play some songs here and, and Rick to direct into the song service as we move to the next step. As we uh, get ready or prepared for the baptism here, we just want to sing a couple of songs just to sing together for that time. If you would turn in your hymnals to number 318, Whiter Than Snow, number 318. set there, pastor had asked me if I would read a verse um, that their fa- each of their favorite verses, and Matthew had picked Matthew 4, verse 4. And Matthew 4, verse 4 says, but he answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's joy in heaven. And there's joy here in Marshfield Church. Amen? Amen. Matthew 
For those who do not know, his name is Matthew. He's a, you might not think he is because of the height there, but he's a 13-year-old boy, teenager year, and what a, what a way to make a decision for God at that young age. And so he wants to dedicate his life to the Lord, and, and I was telling him that these are the best years to do so. And so as I pray for him at this time, I'm asking that all of us that are sitting there may also pray for him, that God keeps leading, and that he may always be in the presence of the Lord. And so as I pray, uh, bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, I come before you bringing Matthew, Lord. Uh, these are the results of what you have done on the cross, Lord. And so I, pr- I, I thank you and I praise you for uh, living in his heart, and thank you that you've given him the courage to proclaim it publicly that you live in his heart. And so, Lord, now, as a minister of the gospel, I baptize Matthew in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They wanted to both be in a tank, so this is why we have them here. Uh, now, if you also are family, if you want to get closer, you may. Don't feel like uh, you can't. So if you want to get closer as a family, I know that several uh, family members are here. Uh, and if you want to enjoy this time uh, a little more closer, you can. Now, Amanda uh, Oliver, I believe it was six months ago, came up to me and she said, Pastor, I, I want to get baptized. And and, you know, who am I to say you can't when the Lord is impressing that into someone's heart? And so a little bit of, uh, for those who do not know Amanda, and she allowed me to share this, she used to be an alcohol, uh, she used to alcohol addict, an alcohol addict, and what a transformation the Lord has done in her heart. Amen. You see, you could only run away for so long till God's grace catches you. And... As I was sharing before, I mean, she's already doing that. She she came up to me, said, Pastor, I have a friend that wants to do Bible study. And, you know, I I did some Bible studies, and then when I can't, she go, go ahead and she does it. And I'm pretty sure the Lord blesses them in their study because it's not just me that needs to be doing Bible study. It's everyone who loves the Lord. And, you know, a Bible study doesn't have to be just like a lesson. It's It's your testimony, how you live. That's a, te- that's a Bible study when people can ask you about why are you that person? Who, who do you go to when you're in difficulties? And Amanda's learning that little by little there. And so she wanted to proclaim it publicly that Jesus Christ is her Savior. And so once again, I'm going to go ahead and pray for Amanda. And I ask you there that is sitting that you may also pray for her. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the many fruits that you did, Lord, or that you're bringing to this church. Thank you, Lord, that your sacrifice was not in vain. And so, Father, at this moment, I have Amanda, your daughter. And, Lord, I pray a special blessing upon her that her, just like her son, 
Uh, may he always be in your presence, willing to do what you've called them to do, sharing to others what you have done in their hearts so then others can see and believe and taste your goodness. And so, Father, as a, as a minister of the gospel, I baptize Amanda in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God is good. All the time. God is good. You know, this, this is God's leading. This has nothing to do with what I do. It's, it's God impressing on his children's hearts to give their lives to him. And now, I, I want to make a call. I know that there are people here who may be in the brink of indecision. If there is someone here at the moment who feels like they're, they feel ashamed, they're guilty, they feel like they need rebaptism, maybe not now, but later, I want to call you to come forth. There are some people here, some church members who are, are coming forth. Are you in those seats wanting to get baptized, but you don't know when? That's okay. I want to come and visit you and we can talk about it. If you have not made the decision to get baptized by immersion, to be washed from your sins, please come forward. Come forward for prayer, not just, just for prayer. And I want to talk with you. The elders want to talk with you. Praise the Lord, Francis. Francis has always gotten up. I know that Lord has been working in her heart. Is there someone else that wants to make that decision, but maybe not today, but wants to make it later on this year? Maybe later on. Praise the Lord. God is bringing his children to him. Praise God. Is there an adult here? I, I thank God for the children always heeding God's call. But is there an adult here that wants, to pr wants prayer? That says, Lord, I want prayer so I can make that decision. I want prayer because I want to see that decision and the benefits and the goodness that the decision will bring into my life, my, my family, perhaps your marriage. Where are you? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you so God can keep giving you that desire to one day accept him into his life. I want to pray with you. Is there someone else? Is there one more person here this afternoon? I don't want to close here with prayer without giving the opportunity to that person here. Is there someone else who wants to go ahead and make a decision? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your love, for everything you do for us, for always going before us, for working in our hearts. I thank you for the decisions that have been made, the kids, the adult. Lord, keep working in their hearts so that, Lord, one day in the future, they can see that you've been calling them to give their lives publicly to you. Perhaps they've already accepted, them, uh, accepted you in their hearts, but now it's the next step, which is to receive you and to publicly declare to everyone else 
that you are their Savior. Allow them not to keep quiet with what you're going to do in their lives. Allow them to experience your presence. Allow them to experience your heart so that they can know their worth, but also learn to love their neighbor, their brother, and their sisters. And Father, I pray for those that came forth as well, that you have impressed in their hearts that there is some friend, a relative, a loved one that they can pray for at this moment. So that way they can go forth and tell them about what you have been doing in their hearts and what you can do in their hearts as well. And I pray for that person, Lord, that individual who was too afraid to come forth. I know that you are there listening. You know their heart. And so I pray that you may give them the Holy Spirit so that way this decision that they've made is not a one-time decision, but a decision that they may fulfill and act upon in the soon coming months. Please, Lord, you're coming again, and so we pray that we may all be in heaven with you, rejoicing, telling others about what you have done. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're welcome to go to the fellowship as soon as we finish our song. After our fellowship, I will ask all the members of the church to please give me at least 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, we will have a business meeting. Well, I'll, I'll, I will inform the church several things to come about what we're going to do so we can be involved in ministry may be blessed. And let me pray with, for the food as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you also for the food, the fellowship that we're going to enjoy at this moment. Thank you for the celebration. May we keep celebrating, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. just want to read you Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. This is Amanda's uh, favorite verse, or the one that she picked to, to be read for the baptism. And I think it's appropriate for all of us that we can be thankful that God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you, I, you will call upon me and come to me and, and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. For our closing this morning, let's just continue in um, number 633. When we all get to heaven, we'll sing the last two verses. Number 633. We were were singing in that before. Verse 3. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. 
When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory.